Last week we, we talked about the signs and the wonders and the miracles that Jesus, um, that Jesus done, but then the dis- disciples did and what was happening in the, in the New Testament church. And that same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us still today. Amen? Amen. He is able. Turn to the person beside you and say, God is able. God is able. In all things, despite all things, He is able. He loves you and He cares about you. He cares about every detail of your life. And uh, I believe He wants to speak to our hearts this morning. I believe He wants to bring encouragement. He wants to help us this morning. You know, as I was preparing, I was, I was very tempted to, uh, to start with a particular passage, but uh, just really felt not to start there. Um, this morning we're going to continue to look at the book of Acts. We're talking about being empowered for mission. And this morning in particular, we're talking about being united for the mission. And I was so, so tempted to look at the book of Acts in, in chapter 2, where the, the disciples have, have seen Jesus crucified, they've seen him rise from the dead, he is, is lived among them, it says that more than four, 500 people saw him at one time. They've seen Jesus is alive and he ascends to the Father, he sends the Holy Spirit and, and it's amazing, there's amazing things going on, there's 3,000 people saved, there's awesome things happening, there's signs and wonders and we read in Acts, Acts chapter 2 about the unity that they had in that moment, the, the beautiful fellowship they had with one another, they shared everything, it was wonderful and I was tempted to start there, but I thought, I don't want it to sound like the Holy Spirit came, filled the church, the church loved each other, it was perfect, it was wonderful, so we should do better and go and be the same. Because you know, Sometimes I think that's how we hear it when we read some of these things. It's like, oh, I've got to do better. So I don't want to start there this morning. I sort of have, but I'm, I'm not. You know, it was beautiful. It is beautiful what Jesus has done. The Holy Spirit coming to live in us is a wonderful, wonderful, amazing thing. But we're still human with an old sinful nature that's at war with our new nature. We are new creations in Christ, but the old sinful man is still lingering around. And I want to read in Acts chapter 6 this morning. And this is not that long after the day of Pentecost. We don't know exactly the time frame, but uh, let's read from Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, But as the believers, or as the number of believers, rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against, discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers, and they said, Brothers... There's now too many of us, this is too hard, we're going to have to stop preaching the gospel because if it gets any bigger, this is going to get out of control and we're going to all start fighting. No, that's not what he said. <laughs> it says they called the twelve together. There was a meeting and they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well respected and full of the spirit and wisdom We'll give, give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. And that's what they did. They, they delegated responsibility of those things so that they could, they could pray, they could seek God. I, I uh, get the feeling that these guys were thinking, 
I want to go and preach, but I'm constantly trying to sort out who's supposed to get what food. It's like, did you get some yesterday? I don't know. Did he get, and then I've got to go and talk to that guy and find out, well, did he get some yesterday? And they're trying to sort out all these logistics. And it's mayhem. It's bedlam. I see them thinking, we want to stop or we want to, we want to pray. But I'm just so busy. Busy, busy, busy. I, when people ask how you're going, I, I, I refuse to say I'm busy. If, if I say that, say, no, what, what should you say? I don't know. <laughs> just look at me and say, Andrew. <laughs> We're all busy doing something. But you know, they, they did what the, the apostles suggested. They, they selected the man full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And it says this in verse 7. So God's message continued to spread. I just sense like that maybe the, the, the gospel had just sort of slowed going out. But they select the seven, they, they delegate these tasks, and then the gospel message continues to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted to. This morning, I want to ask that we might be able to delegate a couple of things. Is there anyone here that is able to boil a jug of hot water? Anyone here who knows how to make a cup of tea? Anyone? Anyone at all? Can, let me see those hands. I want to know for sure that you are able to boil a kettle. Are you able to boil a kettle? Are you able to use a telephone? Now, that you've got, I've got to admit that some of these things are pretty crazy complicated these days. Are you able to use a telephone? If you are, raise your hand. Some of you are, some of you aren't. Okay. If you are able to boil a kettle, if you are able to use a telephone, this morning I am delegating to you the care of anyone you see that is missing from church on a regular basis to say, ring, 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 ring. Hey, do you want to catch up for a cup of tea? Love to catch up. We've missed you lately. <laughs> if you're able to... Oh, I just used the phone, didn't I? And then you're offering the kettle... I'm just trying to select my words carefully here. Oh, my, my heart breaks when I am aware of people that want someone to visit them. And to be honest, in the last couple of weeks, my, my priority list has become those who are dying got a visit and those who weren't didn't. And that breaks my heart. This could get raw this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I'm just aware of some people that are in horrible, horrible situations right now. God, I pray for those people right now. And we are his church. We are the body of Christ. I need you. We need each other. Those people need you. God, I pray that you would help us more and more to stand alongside each other to be an encouragement for one another. Lord, to use whatever we have, whatever time, whatever moment, that we could be an encouragement to one another. Lord, I just thank you that there is no member of your body that is not able to, to encourage and support another member of your body. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that You have called us to be a body, to, together unified and, and knit together, that every member 
is, is, is knitted in and has a function to be an encouragement and to build up others around them, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you would release us into those things. In Jesus' name. I hadn't planned on getting quite so stirred there. Thank you, Jesus. We have, we have life groups. We have different things to help us to care for one another. I encourage you to become a part of a life group. It's, a, it's an opportunity for you to be cared for, but it's an opportunity to, for you to care for others. I just want to read from Romans chapter 12. Can you just jump across there for us, Laura? Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, and, do, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them, uh, bodies to God, because of all he has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. If you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. I'll just go back to that last verse for a second. I just want to say really briefly... You might feel like you don't know what to do in someone's pain. I just want to encourage you just to be in their pain. Sometimes just to go and sit with someone who is in pain says more than any words will ever say. Don't, don't ever not go because you don't know what to say. The Bible tells us don't be afraid of what to say if we before courts or whatever it might be, but trust that God will empower us. He will give us his words to speak. Maybe it's just going to be to sit with that person. Maybe it's just to pour that cup of tea and, and just spend some time together. Weep with those who weep. Verse 16. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honourable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. We're nearly finished. Instead, 
If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Do not withdraw from people when you feel like they're just pushing you away. Do not withdraw because you feel like they've done something they shouldn't have done. Conquer evil by doing good. Let God's love in you overcome all obstacles. Let's love, let the, the Spirit of God in us, the Spirit that the Spirit of love, the Spirit of unity, just compel us to act. Can we just go back to the PowerPoint? Thanks, Laura. God's plan is that we would give ourselves as a living sacrifice, the kind of sacrifice that He will accept. He wants us to live our lives as a sacrifice, to lay down our life, our life of seeking pleasure, seeking praise, seeking whatever it might be for ourselves, but to lay down our life, to take up our cross, to take up a cross is a painful thing at times. To take up our cross is a, is a challenging thing. But to take up our cross and, and follow Him, to lay down our life, even for those who might hurt us, insult us, criticize us, to lay down our life, to love and to give ourselves. In Romans 12, he talks about if you've got, if you've got a gift of serving, serve. If you've got a, a, a gift of encouraging, encourage. So does that mean if you haven't got a gift of encouraging, you shouldn't encourage? No way. He's saying if you've got that gift, use it for God's glory. And if you don't have it, try and find it. Use everything you can, do everything you can to be an encouragement to God's body. Use the gifts you have, but if you haven't got the gift, trust God to help you and do your best in that moment. And it's not just on Sundays. When we talk about gifts given to the church, sometimes we talk about it in a way that it's like, well, what gifts do you have to bring on a Sunday? No, God gives us gifts to, to, for His kingdom and for His service all through the week. It's not just about coming together as a body and someone playing a, a keyboard really nicely, although my wife does that really well. And um, It's not about musical instruments. It's not about preaching. It's, it's about what gift has He given you in your workplace? What gift has He given you where you live? What are the things He's given you to be a witness? The gifts you have day by day, how can you share those things and use those things for His glory? I do want to turn to Acts chapter 2 just for a moment and read what it does say in verse 42. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I feel like I need to just clarify the context again of what's happening there. That This is straight after the resurrection that Jesus has come, he's, he's been with them, he's ascended. And then in the days that followed, they, they're waiting for Jesus to come back. They're going, guys, Jesus is the Messiah. This is the one that the, the prophets spoke about. And they just 
They just go and they, they tell everyone, they say, Jesus is coming back. He's going to judge the living and the dead. He is the Messiah. And they, they sell everything. They, they give their things away. They, they begin to just preach and go everywhere. And time goes on and time goes on and time goes on. And it's interesting. You, you can easily see what happened and make a doctrine out of what happened. But if you listen to the teachings of Paul and the writings of the epistles, it's not a... It's not a prescriptive passage. The very first week as we looked at the book of Acts, we talked about how things aren't always prescriptive when we read them in the Bible. It can be descriptive of what happened. And in other places in Thessalonians, Paul says, work hard with your hands. He says, live a quiet life, mind your own business, and God will, and people will see God's love in you. And this isn't a, a description of what we must do. This isn't a a, a descriptive thing of everyone must sell everything, we must come and live in a commune here at CFC, Every, your address is now 33 Cants Road. This isn't, a, this isn't a prescription of saying, you must do this. Oh, unless God's saying it to you, <laughs> and then you better. But this is what the disciples did. They, they just, they had such a passion to see the gospel go out. They, they, I, I picture them quitting their jobs and saying, I'm just going to preach. But then it comes to the issues of Actually, we need some money to buy food. And Paul says, guys, go back to work. Earn some money. Feed your families. He says, stop giving away the money you're supposed to be looking after your parents with. Honour God and care for your family. He gets pretty serious with them in some points. We read again in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. It says, and now, O Lord, hear their threats. So this is after they've been arrested and they've been told, commanded to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And they go back with the believers and they start worshipping God again and saying, Thank you, Jesus, that we have the privilege of suffering for you. Thank you, Jesus, that we have the privilege of knowing you, that we can know the hope of the world. And they begin to praise God and celebrate who He is and remind each other of who He is. And they say, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your service great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through your, the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. All the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt what they had, what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the, nick, the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. It's kind of like, hey guys, you remember, he was over at that sort of camp down, like down near Darlington. It's like just sort of saying, you know that guy that used to live down there? Anyway, I'm sorry, he didn't live near camp down. I'm just... Sorry, verse 37, he, he said he sold a field, Barnabas sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. You know, I think we need to see the heart of what they were doing. It's that their heart was for one another. They had become followers of Christ that they lay down their life to do everything they could to help others know the love of God and not be in need. That's the heart of a New Testament Christian to lay down their life, to, to, to let the gospel, the love of God be evident in everything they do. And that was the, the testimony of those people. Barnabas sells his field and says, here, 
Use this money to help out whoever needs help. We have life groups, we have... You know, I, I love the little vegetable box that appears out in the foyer sometimes. Everyone know the vegetable box? I mean, that has never been organised in any way, shape or form, but I just love it. People bring their extra lemons, their extra zucchinis, and uh, if you do that, God bless you, thank you, you've been a blessing. I love the, the different things people bring, and we've talked about it different times, having like a, a food pantry uh, at church to, for people that do need things, and and we've talked about it for a while and we haven't known how to do it. And to be honest, I still don't know how it's going to look. But we're going to start a CFC food pantry tub. Oh, I've got the slides, so it looks pretty. But we also have a CFC meals ministry. And if you'd like to make meals for people, to bless people, to help people that need help, talk to Simone and uh, write it on your care card right now and say, oh, I'd like to make meals for people. Is that your gift? Use it well for God's glory. Amen, says Simone. <laughs> but we want to start a CFC food pantry. And Charlie's holding up our, our bucket I'm going to make a prettier sign for that. Um, but uh, we've got a, a tub there. And I want to encourage you to think, okay, I'm going shopping. I'm going to buy one extra item, two extra items, maybe five extra items. You're feeling super generous. And we're going to put things in that box. And, and I encourage you to bring it, to share it, and to take it. And you're going, but I'm bringing it. I don't want to take it. I actually do want you to take it. I want you to think about someone you know that, that just needs something to be blessed. And maybe grab a bag and grab a few things and take it to someone. And you know, you don't have to be poor or destitute to take something out of that box. I want to encourage you if you've got people coming over for lunch and you go, oh man, I've asked all those people but now I don't know what to feed them. And you go, hey, you know what, we could really use those baked beans today. We're going to throw that in. I encourage you to take that baked beans that day and uh, no one is excluded from taking something out of that tub. Because you know what, by taking something, you're helping the person that needs something out of that tub to take something too. So, uh, Every one of you, over the next 12 months, God help you to be uh, bold and courageous and take something out of that tub and say, I'm doing this so someone else will take something too. I hope that makes some kind of sense. Uh, we'll see how this works. It's going to be a work in progress. But we want to have things that are available for those who need food. We want to support and encourage and help each other. I've got to keep moving. Oh, awesome, it's only 20 past 7. Um, <laughs> I've got uh, four hours left. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I was a little bit worried how we're going to finish on time today, so thank you. Whoever wound the clock back, I thank you. Um, Bible goes on and it talks about these two amazing people, Ananias and Sapphira. And what they did was generous. I don't know if you know the story, Ananias and Sapphira, they go and sell some of their property. And they come and they give the money to the apostles. They say, here you go. And we think, oh, what a wonderful thing. Except Ananias and Sapphira organized among the two of them and said, let's sell this money, let's sell this property and let's take the money. Let's say this is the full amount we got for our property but let's just keep a little bit for ourselves. Everyone will think we're wonderful people if we do that. Now I'm ad-libbing. These two people, they come and they, they pretend to give all the money from this property. And it says Ananias comes in and he says, here's the money. And Peter just gets a word from God and says, you rotten scoundrel. 
He says, how could you lie to God and lie to us about what you're giving and, and, and pretend that you're giving the whole man? It was your property. You could have kept it if you wanted to, but you're choosing to come and, and for what? You, to try and gain praise of man. And, you, and you're claiming that you're giving the whole amount and, and you know you're, you're keeping some back from God. It was yours to give and you've held it back and said it was the full amount and he drops dead on the floor. And then they, they cut him out and they, and they go to bury him. And Sapphira comes in and annoys his wife. And, and, and I say, ask her the question, is this the full amount? And she says, yeah, that's the full amount. And basically the same thing happens. She drops dead on the floor. And I think, wow. What a, what a good checkpoint for us. As we read through the book of Acts and hear about the generosity, it's, it's not about praise for us. It's not about us. It's not about looking good in the eyes of men. It's saying, God, help me to be generous. Give me a generous heart. It's not about giving under compulsion. It's not about trying to please people. What you own is yours, and I don't want it. <laughs> you give what God gives you, tells you to give. You give with a joyful heart, but let it be for God's glory and not for anyone else's praise. It's not mandatory for us to give, but we have an opportunity to be a part of what God is doing on this earth today. What a privilege. I want to read from verse 12. It says, The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade, but no one else dared to join them. It's like far out people dropping dead because they only gave part of the money. There's a little bit of fear comes in. They're going, who are these people? Who is this God? Even though all the people had higher regard for them. You know, if we live the way God intends us to, people will ha have a high regard for us because we live a, a way that God has instructed. It says, yet, yet more and more people came, people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women, as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as they, he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. The high priest and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night and opened the gates in the jail and brought them out, and he told them, Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. God help us not to be like those Sadducees who were filled with jealousy when they see God move through other people's lives. Let us be people that just boldly hear God commanding, go, tell people this message of life. Let's be people unified in our purpose. We've been talking about empowered for mission. And we are called to have unity of purpose, to love God and love people no matter what. Is that your heart's desire? To love God and love people no matter what. Last year we did a series on why church. We talked about it's about relationship with God and relationship with people. It's about mission. It's about telling people about the love of God. It's about honoring God, honoring each other, honoring the lost. It's about growing. We do it for the love of God and for the, the love of people. I wanted to spend some time on, on talking about disagreements, but I decided I shouldn't, although I don't know the real time. Thank you, Jesus. Just really briefly, I want to say, what should we do if we have disagreements with each other? What do we do? We're called to have unity. We're called to be like that New Testament church in the book of Acts that, that shared what they had. They had generosity and love for one another. 
Have a listen to this verse in Matthew 18. It says, If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offence. So Rochelle comes to me and she says, she says, Andrew, it really frustrated me when I asked you to put the milk away and I didn't, you didn't put the milk away. Please would you do that next time. And I say, no, I refuse to put the milk away. It's not my job. No, I don't, not really. It says, and then it says this, but if you're unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. So she calls Rach and, and Nellie to come around and say, Andrew, we need to have a chat. And, and they're listening and they're like, Andrew, you need to be helpful around the house. You need to help put the milk away. And I'm like, okay, you're right. I, 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 I admit my fault. Thanks, guys, for coming to help Rochelle. And... Uh, they're going to hold me accountable to that now. Or it could be something slightly more serious. Um, if the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat the person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. <laughs> Andrew, you're still refusing to put the milk away. <laughs> Do you know the love of God? <laughs> Do you know the love of God in, within you, Andrew? No, you refuse to listen. Someone might come and they say, Andrew, you've got to love your wife. And I say, no, I refuse. And they say, well, Andrew, you're not going to preach anymore in this church because the love of God isn't in you. And it goes to the other passages I was going to read. It talks about how that if those who, who claim to be followers of Jesus continue to live in a way that is contrary to the truth and they, they refuse, to, uh, refuse to repent of those things, we are to, to cast them out of the church. The Bible says have, have nothing to do with that person because they refuse to obey the word of God. They refuse to repent. It says treat them like a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Well, you know, we, we aren't to expect non-Christians to act like Christians. We can't expect non-Christians to behave like Christians. We aren't to expect them to. But if someone claims to be a Christian, if someone uh, opposes the truth of the message of the gospel, we are called to stand for the truth of the word. You know, in Acts, I um, won't look at it, there's passages when, when Festus and King Agrippa are coming against Paul and he, he uses his, his legal rights, he appeals to Caesar and he uses his legal avenues to to have freedom. And, and we have a right to, to use the authorities that God has put in our land to have the freedom that God has given us. And, you know, we are called to speak out against things that come against God's Word in our land. And I'm sure you can think of some right now where people would want to impose things that would, would come against our freedom in Christ. Now, Paul and Barnabas had a disagreement. They, they agreed they wanted to go on a, another ministry trip. And they, they couldn't agree. There was a sharp disagreement between them, it says. And they wanted to, uh, Barnabas wanted to take along John Mark. And Paul says, no way. That rotten little stinker deserted us last time. I'm not taking him with us. He didn't say it quite like that. Anyway, um, they, 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 they can't agree and they go their separate ways. But it wasn't that they said, you know what? You're no longer a Christian. You're not following God because you won't listen to God on this. You know, sometimes we disagree on things and that's okay. You know, some of you in this room, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, maybe I should look at the roof as I say this. There's some of you in this room that uh, people are going to, 
you, you may get the feeling that people think you're a... Um, oh, gonna, oh, I should have thought about this more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some might think you're a super Spiro. And that's okay. You're allowed to feel like a, they can think you're a super Spiro. Some of you, people might think that you're like this, this intellectual... Intellectual... And you just want to read and you study and you study and you study and you, it's just like you've just got so much information. It's not about information. And, you know, we, we all have different gifts, different character. And, and, you know, at times they can irritate each other. Does anyone know that? <laughs> and the strength of God's church is that we are one body, made one body in Christ because of Christ. And it's for Christ's glory that he puts us together. The church misses out when we shut each other off because of our differences of, of, of strength and our differences of character. We are to be one in Christ. There are apostles, there are prophets, there are pastors, there's teachers, there's, there's those who are encouraged, there's those who give, there's those who... There's so many different gifts. And you know what? You should voice your opinion when you see that we're not being faithful to the Word. You should stand up and you should say, God's Word says this. But then don't expect everyone to become a theologian. <laughs> And if, you, if you're a generous person and you say, we've got to be generous towards this cause, you can encourage people to be generous, but don't expect everyone to become the generous giver that you are. We need each other to, to rub off, to sharpen each other, but we will never become like one another. Does that make sense? I hope I said that clear enough. I need to finish. I want to finish by uh, doing two things. I, I, I want to read first from Romans 14. Romans 14, uh, is it on there? I think it is. My PowerPoint's a mess, sorry. <laughs> Romans 14, And I know and am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it around them. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died then you will not be criticized for doing something that you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Let that be our goal. I just want to ask one last question. Who knows what this is? Are you sure? Uh, actually, no, you saw the label, didn't you? You saw the, it's, it says banana on it. So, um, you think this is a banana, but how do you know it's a banana? Is anyone hungry that likes bananas this morning? I think Nelly was the first hand, sorry. Um, would, would you kindly help me out now, Nelly? You, know, you think this is a banana? You, you <laughs> now she's like, I've seen Coxie's tricks before. Um, you think it's a banana? Well, let's, let's try it out. Open it up for us, Nelly. Yeah. It looks like a banana. Does it smell like a banana? Don't eat it yet. Don't eat it. Just, just, don't, don't, please, no, please don't eat it. Please don't eat it. It smells like a banana. It looks like a banana. You open the skin, it still looks like a banana. Okay, Nelly, take, take a bite. She's like, what have I got? What do you think, Nelly? Is it a, is it a peach? Is it, is it an apple? What is it? It's, it's a banana. That's awesome. How good is that? That inside a banana skin there's a banana. You know, everything God creates has integrity. And he has 
He has made us new creations in Christ. He has placed His Holy Spirit within us. And He is changing us from the inside out. Our, our, our skin might still look a bit funny, but He wants to make our whole image, our whole lives honour Christ, that we might be bananas on the outside and on the inside, <laughs> that we might be followers of Christ on the inside and on the outside, that we might have love and compassion and love and unity within the body and, and be who He created us to be as His church. I'm going to ask the band to come. I just want to pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, God, for your love for us. God, I thank you that, Lord, it's by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that we are made righteous in your sight. Lord God, we just thank you that we are united as one body. We are the body of Christ. And God, I pray that you would help us have unity in our actions. That God, you would help us to have love in our actions. That out of a renewed heart, a renewed life, a life filled with your Holy Spirit, we might be people of your Spirit and show love to one another and to this dying world, Lord God. God, we just thank you for everything you do for us and in us in Jesus' name. I pray your encouragement for every person here, that everyone has been formed and purposed for your glory, to have a function within your body. And I pray that you would help us to stand and be enabled for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.